welcome to Writing the Wrong Way, where we talk about how writers work, how writing works, and how the best writers risk being strange. But today, we continue talking about grants. And uh, I'm joined by Lynn Redchenko, who's got a bunch of questions and uh, format uh, for talking about grants here. So he's going to explain what's going to go on. Hello, hello. I am back. We are back to talk about grant budgets today. Um, to keep us on track, I've put together a list of eight questions that I'm going to pose to Jonathan, and I'm going to give him you know, roughly four minutes to answer each question before we move on. To give Jonathan an idea of what to think about, I'm going to tell you what those questions are now, and then we're going to move our way through them. So the first question will be a, what is a budget in the context of the Canada Council Arts Grants? Uh, question two is, what expenses can I ask for money for? Uh, question three is the one that everyone always asks, which is how much money should I ask for? Question four is what can I ask for for living expenses? Question five is what is a professional rate? Question six is how do I account in my budgeting sheet if I've received money for this project previously? Question seven is how often can I receive money? And question eight is our catch-all common budgeting mistakes to keep in mind. So with that said, we'll get started. I'll start the clock here. Jonathan, what is a budget in the context of the Canada Council Arts Grants? So this is also going to be true in other uh, grants that require you to submit budgets, which I haven't seen one that doesn't. Um, I, I, in Canada, at least in the states, there's some other ones that don't require budgets, like the Guggenheim. But for example, in Canada, Canada Council, especially using our exa example of Canada Council, um, effectively what they want is you've got this project, you were asking for money for this project. Um, one part of that application is they want to see a budget from you, so it's literally a spreadsheet. And Canada Council and other grants agencies usually do something like this too but what Canada Council does is every year or every intake they give you a f there's literally a form you have to download like in the application you download the form it's an Excel spreadsheet and you fill out their Excel spreadsheet you re-upload it and what the Excel spreadsheet will have is two I mean it's more complicated than this it goes on for pages but for writers, you usually don't have to deal with a lot of that stuff. Um, it's more relevant if you're put on a theatrical production or something like this, uh, or making a film. But most, but you know, writers might get into it. You and I have gotten into mm -hmm. it. For example, uh, the other parts of the spreadsheet where we've hired artists or I've hired you to be a letter or something. Um, but in a nutshell, though, uh, putting all those minor details aside, you've got two basic columns in there your uh, proposed budget, which would include things like, um, you know, I'm asking Canada Council for $25,000. And then you've got a, another line, which is like your actual budget, which is basically like after you've, so you, like before you do the project, here's the money I want. If you get a, a grant, later you will have to, in your final report, resubmit your budget but fill out the actuals side of the columns, like what actual money did I receive from the Canada Council? Or if I had gotten money from another source, how much did they actually give me? Um, if I, you know, yeah, spent money on living expenses or hired somebody, uh, how much did I actually end up paying or whatever versus, you know, what I proposed to do? 
Um, so that's what a budget is. The really important thing to understand, the big misconception people have about these budgets, um, is that the thing, this is a scenario where what they want, <laughs> this is, they'll say this in the application multiple times, but I've still seen people kind of screw it up. They need your income and expenses to equal zero. You add the income, you add the expenses in your projected budget, it must equal zero. So from the point of view of like the Canada Council, if they're giving you X and you're getting X, Y, and Z from anywhere, somewhere else or whatever, or you're putting your own money in or, or what have you, uh, all that adds up to income and then all your expenses have to equal that. And if it doesn't, that is a major problem. In fact, if you propose a budget where the expenses do not equal the income, they will reject your grant. Yeah, just for the, the listener's sake, uh, recently I received uh, a grant, we finished the work, and then in our final report, we forgot to fill in a box um, for grant money we had received previously. So for instance, uh, we had received, I don't know what the exact numbers are, so I'm gonna make numbers up. We received, let's say we received $5,000 from this grant and we had received $1,000 from a previous grant. Uh, we had all of our expenses that we carried out properly and um, we listed that we spent the $5,000 in our final report as we said we would, but we forgot to include the $1,000 that we had received previously. So our grant balanced out to plus $1,000, uh, which was a big error for the granting body because essentially they, at that point, they say, you have to pay us that $1,000 back. So we had to, thankfully they, they informed us of the, the issue and we went in and we made that correction and everything is fine. But it's very important when you're filling these sheets out that they zero out at the end. Okay, moving on to question two. Uh, what expenses can I ask for money for? Um, so that's a, that's a really long answer. The short answer is eligible expenses. So you have to look at the grant and it may change from year to year or intake to intake. You have to look closely at the grant. And again, they're going to, in county council's case, they give you a budget spreadsheet. That is what you can ask for expenses for. There might be another column on there. I recall there's another column, but you got to really be careful what you put on that thing. Like you can ask for the expenses that they consider to be eligible expenses. So for example, uh, you could you so and there's things they consider to not be eligible expenses. For example, you cannot buy a piece of hardware and or software. You can't buy like uh, a non-consumable supply or like uh, infrastructure piece. It may seem weird, but you can't like go buy a computer or buy an iPad as part of your grant unless you need that and it's going to get consumed or used up in the process of it or something. I mean, I can't imagine how that would happen. But like, like if like let me give you a weird example. So if you were putting on a if you were doing some sort of weird art project where part of the art project is you buy a MacBook and then you smash it with a hammer in front of people, well, that MacBook that you smash with a hammer is a prop in your stage show. That would might be an eligible expense. But if you buy a laptop to write the thing on, that's not an eligible expense because you're not smashing with the hammer and it's not required. Uh, it's not an eligible expense. I know that's a weird example, but that is in fact the kind of distinguishment is like you're. Things that will be required for this project, not things that are like going to help you in your life 
or your career, even though that may seem like the point of the grant. Um, so you have to really look at like, the big one for writers is living expenses. Almost always, if you're applying for a writing project, you're not gonna like tell them you need to buy printer paper. You're not gonna ask to buy pens. You know what I mean? You're gonna just lump all that junk under living expenses. And uh, to kind of answer a question I think is coming up, yeah, your I'll living expenses, fun. what you can ask for for living expenses, there's two big misconceptions related to that. So one is people think that the Canon Council or other grant organizations actually care what you're spending money on for living expenses. They do not. They just have a, a, a bucket that they call living expenses. They don't want all your receipts for all the things that you do in your life. They don't want it all budgeted and itemized down to like $467 a week. They just have a bucket and their bucket, for, you know, now they might change this. The bucket for Canada Council right now is $500 a week. And other grants will have a different definition. Usually it's by month or by week. So it's like $2,000 a month or $500 a week or whatever it is. That is the maximum you're allowed to put in the living expenses bucket. So they'll change this. You got to really look at the grant. Um, I remember though recently like Canada Council, it's $500 a week maximum for living expenses. So in a whole year, there's 52 weeks. If you times about five thousand, that's what twenty six thousand dollars. Now you can't actually ask for that much money in a Canada Council grant. Your max per year is twenty five thousand dollars. So even though they're five hundred dollars a week, you can't actually ask for five hundred dollars a week for a full year. But whatever length of time you're doing, it kind of comes down to like if your if your project's going to take place over eight months, you know five hundred dollars a week is the max they let you put in the living expenses bucket, and they don't care to see the details of that. They just want you to not go over the limit in your ass. You can go under it, but you're not going to go over it. They just assume that you it costs that much money to live. They don't. Everybody has to live. <laughs> they don't need the details of that, and they don't want the details of that. Um, you know. And if you're not spending five hundred dollars a week in your life, I don't know who you are. Um, but presumably, you know, you are, and you've got receipts. If somebody were to ask to see them, they won't ask to see those receipts. They might ask to see other receipts, though. Yeah, the other um, answer that I have is the most obvious one for the projects that I'm doing, which are comics related, which go into, you know, the expenses, the artist. And this is something that I've dealt with recently, which is that I am the person asking for the money from the Canada Council. So um, I'm not asking on behalf of two people. I'm asking on behalf of myself. So I have to factor in what the cost of that artist's work is going to be enlisted uh, as an expense as such. So just really specific to make it clear what he's talking about. So in a comics project, like if I was putting in for a comics grant, like when I did the iCloud, I put in, um, I want money to write, like for living expenses. So, and what I'm gonna do uh, while I'm alive is I'm going to write the iCollector for you know two months or whatever it is. And then after that point, uh, I'll have a script and I'm going to hire uh, Gregory Kamichik to I'm gonna pay him to make art. And then in Redchenka, I'm going to pay him to letter it. Another art person might hire a colorist or some other person, whoever you're hiring. Again, who you're hiring, these other professionals would be um, eligible expenses if yes. they're doing work for you. Now, if they're your... Um, if you're teaming up to put a grant in together, that's it's different. 
but it's the same concept. You know, it's like doing the work uh, is uh, the, your core eligible expense when you're doing artist grants. Now, there could be these other expenses, like you're consuming something in the course of doing the work. But again, they don't care about like how much paper and pens and ink do you need. Do I need to buy paint supplies? They don't. That stuff doesn't. It, you know, you can technically claim some of that stuff, but it gets so complicated. You might as well just stick in the living expenses bucket if it's not a major purchase. If you got to rent space for some reason, like you got to practice in a theater, I don't know, you know, because you're doing a play or something. And then again, that's the kind of thing that'd be living expenses. But they're not going to give you money to buy a theater. You know, like that's sort of the distinction. Great, yeah. And this is also a good time to mention the, in my mind, I consider them two different models of filling out these budgeting forms, which is the living expenses form, as we've spoken about, where in my case, I um, uh, listed an artist's expenses on a per page basis. And then I listed myself as um, living expenses for the duration of that period. The alternative that I've taken more recently and have been relatively reasonably successful with is I'm listing the artist's professional page rate and we'll talk about what a professional page rate is next uh, and then I've listed my own professional page rates as a writer and uh, built my budget that way so if an artist as an example is making $150 a page uh, as a writer I have looked into what a professional page rate for writers is for comics for means. comics writing in comics mm -hmm. um, and a, as a letterer, what a letterer's professional page rate is. And in my granting budget, I've listed those out and made shown uh, in detail then what the accounting looks like when I'm asking for a 50-page comic where an artist is making $150 a page. I'm making you know, $30 as a letterer, or $30 as a writer and $20 as a letterer. For a total of two hundred dollars a page times fifty pages. Well, let's just jump to that page rate, yes. professional rate thing for a second, because one of the things they get into in these grants always is they say like if you're hiring other people, there's a bunch of things you have to do. So like lately, you have to guarantee their safe working conditions and stuff. Now for writers, it's not usually so big a deal because you're not like requiring a person to come to your office or whatever, typically, right? You're like they're sitting in their home doing their thing. They will be safe. Uh, but in a dip, if you, again, if you're doing a, if it's a theater work or something, performance art is involved, or I don't know, whatever, some weird thing where they got to do, there's a workplace involved. You got to remember, you're hiring them. You're responsible for their workplace safety, you know, potentially, blah blah blah. Um, but to get to the rates side of it, they one of the things is you have to guarantee the county council or whatever granting body you're doing that if you are hiring another person. You are paying them a professional rate. You are not underpaying them, in other words. Um, they don't expect you to overpay them, but they understand that like different people have. So there's two things involved here. One is there's a floor, uh, which is like the, the, the smallest amount you're allowed to pay a person. Now, you might wonder why the county council doesn't just tell you what the floor is. Um, the reason is that they don't know. Uh, so in your industry or in an arts industry, there's so many different industries and your project's so complicated potentially. Um, I mean, your project often as a writer is very simple, but maybe it's complicated. So in an industry like comics, as Linda was just suggesting, like different uh, people involved in making a comic get different rates. For writers, though, uh, like you also have to go by kind of what's normal in the industry. So it, it is technically, if I was writing prose fiction, like I want to write a novel, 
the technical going rate to write a short story and get a short story published is like a professional rate in Canada is five cents a word. But they don't want you to say, I want five cents a word and that's how I'm getting this number. Uh, they want you to go living expenses. Um, I know that that's just what they're going to be doing. Like in a, a novel, you don't go look up like what people get paid for novels. You know, it, it, it ranges from 500 bucks to $5 million. Uh, so they just want you to go off living expenses for that kind of thing. But for comics, it's a little different. As then it says, comics is very like by the page and people understand what a page is. I would still probably, I mean, I still do living expenses myself, but I know like Lena has said, like other people have done page rates for writing i do page rates yeah and it's worked now some that's you know either one is fine because it's justifiable professionally but what you're what you're looking at is like at some point they may have to say or you may have to prove that this is a professional rate um now what 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 you get it what I, at the same time different people have different rates like we know artists that like two artists might have one might have the a rate that is double the other um, and they're both a professional rate. Uh, where they want, where you got to be careful is you don't accidentally underpay somebody. Sometimes what you'll get into as a writer hiring artists or hiring other arts professionals is you'll ask them how much they want and they'll tell you, and that actually is too low. Um, and in that scenario, you have to even when they're telling you, hey, I want you know forty $50 bucks. Page, I want forty yeah. bucks a page as an artist. Uh, it's like okay, well, you got to go check. Is that actually a professional rate? <laughs> like, is that reasonable to, for an artist? Now, it might be reasonable if they're also getting IP or whatever. Um, but broadly speaking, Canada Council doesn't want you to take that into consideration. They don't want you giving the artist the IP. Uh, you know, more or less. And, I mean, it's not a law, but like they want you to go off of like, if you're just hiring this person and they own nothing, what's a reasonable rate to pay them? Because Canada Council only wants to be paying artists proper professional rates. They don't want you underpaying people on their behalf, especially. Yeah. For for the listener's sake, the wording, the exact wording of the part of that application is, quote, if you are hiring an artist, explain how you determine the fees to be paid. If you are hiring artists, you must pay professional artist fees and this may be governed by industry standards or union rates. So what I do uh, to get around that, by the way, is I will say, so again, he's talking about unions. So there might be a, if they're in a union, that's, you gotta really be on the top of what you're allowed to pay them, et cetera. Like if you're hiring an actor, that's really salient. Um, even if they're not in ACTRA, now you got, like even if they're not in the union, you gotta pay them as if they were in the union because otherwise that's not a professional rate. Now. Artists and writers don't tend to be in unions in the same way. Or if you like, there is a writers' union in Canada, but it's not really a union. It's it's more of a like a, a collective of sorts. But anyway, the point is that um, you just got to say like and that it's a professional rate and how it's a, you know it's a professional rate. Now, what I like to do just because for for my purposes, this is usually sufficient is I will, one of the things you also have to submit to them is like an agreement, like here's a letter that where the artist is agreeing to work on my project. And I just will get them to write into that. They're paying me that, you know, John's agreed to pay me this much. I accept that much. Yeah, that is also a professional rate, FYI. My letter said the same thing. Yeah, so I mean, again, you still got to check like if, 
it if that is correct you, you got to be educated yourself on what is a professional rate in your industry you should already be but if you're not um, you got to go do that work and again it might you know it, like there is uh if you're asking somebody to write a um a, a screenplay for you for example like you got to go look at what's the going rate for screenplays in canada and that kind of thing now, in theory, you should write the screenplay yourself because I'll tell you it's too much money to hire somebody else. But, you know, companies do it. And to comfort the, the listener who is maybe looking at doing this, this is not a long section of the, no. the application, the professional artist rate and what you're paying someone. They don't give you a lot of space, so you do not need to yeah. spend a lot of time justifying I will it. literally write, you know, I'm paying this person this much, which is a professional rate. And, yes. then, I'll, and then I'll just um, have them write into their letter, yes, I confirm this is a professional rate. Yeah. Now, they could go investigate it themselves if they want. But typically, the jury will know if that's a professional rate or not when they look at it. And uh, in the actual application, or in the budget form that you, you'll download, there is a section specifically labeled professional fees, artistic. And in that section, you write artist fees, name, X amount per page. Uh, and then you total it up, and that is the, the line item in yeah, that Yeah, it's the line budget. item in the budget, and you might have notes if you break it down or whatever. Again, you're just clarifying. What, it's not a really complicated thing. The hard work of it is you knowing what that you're paying at a professional rate. Yes. So the next one, as I said before, is probably the most common question that we get asked on budgeting in a grant. And so, Jonathan, I'm going to give you an extra two minutes. So you're going to get six minutes to answer the question, how much money should I ask for? There are two answers to that question. <laughs> One is you should, the official real answer, which is you should only ask the amount of money that you need to do the project. The other answer is you should ask for the maximum amount of money that they will allow you to ask for. Now, I know those sound like two different things, but here's the, the crux of it. Here's the thing in your head. I ask you a question, listener. Why are you applying to a grant for a project where you don't need that much money? If Canada Council allows you to apply for 25000 think of all the projects you have and think of which one you need 25000 for. That's the project you should apply with. If you only need $5,000, you could then only ask for $5,000. Do not ask for $25,000. But I also would ask you why you're applying with that project. It doesn't, this is a misperception that I've handled, talked about before, but it does not make your grant more likely to fund if you're asking for a small amount. In fact, they may wonder why you're applying and asking for that little amount of money. Um, so again, if that's the proper amount and this is the only project that makes sense for you to work on or whatever, that's fine. Don't inflate the budget, but also don't deflate the budget. You know, you really, it, it, both look bad. It looks bad if you're asking for too much money uh, and it doesn't. They don't really understand like why you need that much money, and it also looks bad if you need more money, obviously, but you're not asking for that money, unless it is clear in your budget why you're not asking for that much money. So, for example, if you're at if, if it's a twenty five thousand dollars is the max, and you're doing a year long project, but you're only asking for five thousand dollars, it just makes no sense to them. But if you put in your budget, oh, I'm going to take twenty five thousand twenty thousand dollars out of my own wallet, and put that in, and I only need five thousand from you. Okay, fine. That's weird, but that makes sense because your project now costs twenty-five thousand dollars, and that explains why you only need five. Now, I don't know who's in that situation. <laughs> that might be a project grants, but that might be how Margaret Atwood's grant looks or something. I don't know. 
You know what I mean? Um, so the, the real answer to the question is you have to apply for the amount you need, which makes sense. Uh, but I would really strongly suggest people don't apply for grants that unless they need the money that they can get from the grant. Well, I think it's important to note here, again, to circle back on the idea of a professional rate, that professional rates are often, there's often um, a, a scale of how large that professional rate is. And again, I do use comics as the the default for me because those are the grants that I'm most familiar with. But an artist's page rate can be anywhere from $100 to $300 a page. So even Easily. if an, even if an artist is willing to take $100 a page, if there's space in that grant application, you can ask for $150 a page and um, increase the maximum amount of uh, money that you're asking for in the grant and pay your artist more. And it, as long as you fall within that professional page rate, there's no reason not to do that. Well, there is a, there is a reason not to do it, which is just if it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But like, yeah. It, but it, if you're if, within the professional rates, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you want to pay the artist more, I mean, it depends what you're asking the artist to do, I would say. But like I asked the artists, um, or, or I should I should say Linen as a letterer. Like I asked Linen to do a lot of extra work that a normal person wouldn't ask their letterer to do. So in the course of Linen working on the eye collector, uh, he's actually raised his page rate. <laughs> so he you forced he started me to raise my page page rate. Yes. Yeah. So like he started at fifteen an hour, and I think he very quickly realized like you know or fifteen fifteen uh, page. page and he realized, I think, in the course of the project that like that's he's, he's not making enough money for the amount of work he's putting in. So he raised it to 20. So then what I did is like, here's the here's the great thing. So then I go into the next grant round and I said, look, I go, you know, uh, you may notice that like uh, in the budget, uh, I've got this page rate that I had already paid to Linen that was this amount. But going forward, he's working on this other page rate. So I had to explain why there were two page rates in the budget. And, I, and I, so I'm like, you know, the reason for that is because, you know, Lennon's been learning so much and doing so great. That he's actually raised his, being able to raise his page rate. So I used it like as both like, one, I need more money to pay this guy above and beyond what he was getting paid before. So give me more money for that reason. But also like it shows that this person is actually uh, professionalizing and increasing their career by working on this project which is an aim of the arts councils they yeah, want to see exactly people being what they want to see so it's not that you should be overpaying people just because you can or whatever but you should again you, you want to pay them a good rate that they're happy with so they're doing good work and you got to keep in mind what you're asking them to do like if you're asking them to do a lot of revisions or a lot of uh, like like i like to give scripts i i do more sort of i've kind of moved from full script to more of a marvel style method more or less not entirely, but kind of. So, um, for that reason, there's just more work that the artist would do, and so you know, I want to pay them at the higher end of their page uh, window, rate yeah. window, because artists will have two rates, right? Like that's the other thing people may not realize they haven't hired artists. They have like a rate that they tell you if they don't want to do the project, <laughs> and then they have a rate like if they do want to do the project. So they have like a two. They have a window of rates. It's not always like one rate the other thing i'll mention too just as we wrap up this topic um for writers you know prose writers as well as comics writers um if you're going to if you plan on doing revisions or extra work in that vein you can ask for more because there's more work 
and especially if it's also just go back to like a simple project where you're just paying, so you're writing you're doing living expenses and you're just you yourself are writing something you're writing short stories you're writing a novel again how much what your budget ask is is determined by how long it will take you and you will be wrong in your estimation of how long it will take you so you know plan for it to take you longer <laughs> you know what i mean and worst case scenario, you finish early and you spend extra time revising. Yeah. Now, this next question um, touches on a topic that we're going to talk about in a future grant conversation, which is the idea of structuring for bigger projects and looking at project stages. But yeah. if I've, say I've received a grant for a project that hasn't covered the expenses, all of the expenses of the project, and now I've come back to the grant bodies for more money, how should I look at budgeting the earlier amounts of money I've received into my granting budget? So you have two options. One is that you don't do it at all. And instead, you simply focus on this stage of the project. And you say, hey, you know, I did this other thing in the previous stage. Right now, I'm asking for money for this stage. Like, you know, let's say that you're, you're in a two-stage project. Okay, you, got, you already did stage one. You got some money for that from a grant. Now you're, you know, in stage two, and you're asking for money for that. So one option is you just don't acknowledge anything that happened other than that you did stage one. So you could just you could your budget could be very simple and streamlined. It could be like, hey, we're in stage two. Stage two, I need you know five thousand seven thousand dollars. Uh, I'm gonna ask you for seven thousand dollars. Here's is seven thousand dollars of living expenses. That's your budget. So that's one way to do, approach it. Uh, the other way is to you 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 put out. You still say, hey, I'm only doing stage two. I only need this amount of money for stage two. But I already did stage one. I already got some money for stage one. So in that case, your budget would reflect both stages. Um, but and it'll like one of the things that's on the budget is it has like the um, it, so it has like basically three columns, right? It's like you're projecting them income, for example, and you're projecting you're projecting the income and expenses. Then you've got like it, it'll say like like it'll say Canada Council for the Arts. How much are you asking? And that's in your budget, right? And that's then it has that as like it's it's of course pending funds because you haven't confirmed that you're getting them. And then you also would have like a line where you would put say like Manitoba Arts Council, and then you would note whether it was pending, like you asked for it or you've already gotten it. Um, in which case, you know, you just you'd note that, and so they can see like. Like if you got a grant from the Manitoba Arts Council for the stage one of the project, and now it's you're asking for money from Canada Council for stage two, then you would literally just put in like stage one. You know, well, you, you, in your budget it would be like Manitoba Arts Council, fifteen thousand uh, dollars confirmed, uh, and then you'd have later down like where you spent the fifteen thousand dollars, and in your you'd be like let's say you spent that on hiring artists, so you'd put like in the hiring artists budget line. And you'd put in the notes, this was already paid out from the Manitoba Arts Council grant during stage one. And then also in the, and if you're asking for 25,000 Canada Council for let's say living expenses, you'd like put that money that in the expenses line, and then you'd put in the notes like, this is what I'm asking for for stage two in this grant. This is where Canada Council money will be spent. So you just make it really clear in the budget like what money you've already received, uh, what money you've already spent, you know, you might what where this money, like what expenses are actually for this project that you're for this grant you're asking for, 
like it's just a really simple thing you just put in the notes or the line or you just make it clear like elsewhere in the application like hey here's what i already did um, it's in the budget just so you can see what i've been doing uh, what's nice about doing it that way is that it shows that like if you've already gotten grants especially it shows that other people have um, given you grants like you know and you've managed the money well you've successfully paid other artists like you did what you said you would do there's a bit of that success breeds success thing where you can kind of use the budget as a way to show the feasibility of what you're doing like not only am i able and prepared to do this project but i've already been doing it and i've already you know properly done a grant and handled a grant or whatever so that's the benefit of including it all in the budget the drawback is it's more complicated. This is also... And the flip side is, you could, again, you could just have a budget that's simpler, that only is this grant, only is this stage. You just mention elsewhere that you did this other stuff, but you don't need to have it all in the budget. So that's perfectly fine. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's less, it's more simple, it's less complicated for you. But again, it doesn't have the, it doesn't show the track record that you have. But you have to remember... As we said, even if you've received grant funding previously, your grant still has to zero out. So you do need to list and, that it's come in and gone out already. And you have to very, very clearly make it clear that you are not duplicating expenses. So if you paid someone $500 or you got, you know, spent $500 for living expenses, that comes out of one source. You don't double dip into grants that's a real misconception people have is you, you do not double dip into grants you you don't apply to two grants for the same expenses you can apply to grants for the same project but they have to be different expenses so you're not getting your living expenses from Canada Council and from Manitoba Arts Council unless like you've maxed out one and now are moving to the other or something that makes going back to our the different forms of asking for money um, a current project that I'm working on that we just received a grant for, I asked for page rates for myself and for my artists for 20 pages of a project. And I asked, in a separate grant, I asked for 50 pages of art for a project. Now there's 70 pages of art remaining to do in this project. So if both fund, we can accept both grants. But if I had asked for living expenses in both of those, I would have to turn down Correct. some of that money. Yes, absolutely that is the exactly true and the other thing too is like if this seems confusing like if you're looking at your budget and you don't understand like will they will they understand what it looks like there's parts in the application where you can just usually there's like an other notes what else do we need to know to understand this grant sometimes i'll just write in that like hey if i get manitoba arts council funding but i don't get county council funding here's what i'll do i'll just switch the budget like i won't pay myself i'll just pay the artist i've done that um, in grants and I, like I, so I once got a grant for the eye collector for Manitoba Arts Council they gave me partial funding and I had noted in the application like if I only get partial funds then I won't uh, I'll just find some way to pay my living expenses out of pocket and I'll use the money to buy pages so that's what I ended up doing sure so the next question and probably one of the shorter ones is how often can I apply for grants and receive money it depends on what they say so you have to look at the grant um, they all have different rules about 
how often you can apply and how much money you can get. It's usually within a certain window of time. You mm -hmm. can get a, either a certain amount of money or you can uh, get a certain amount of successful grants. So like, if I remember right, Winnipeg Arts Council, it's like within four years, you can have two successful grants or something. Canada Council, it's, I think, Manitoba Arts Council, it's a, it's a money limit. So it's like you can apply to and get as many grants as you want, but there's a max amount of money per year you can get. I think Canada Council is the same. It's you can I, receive up to the right. up to their maximum of 25000 in a 12-month yeah, period. Yeah, across any grant you're applying for. Yeah. Now, don't quote me on that. Double-check that. But that's my memory of... Uh, Unless they've just recently changed it, it's it's that sort of thing. So there'll be like a minimum, maximum amount. Usually it's a dollar amount, but it could be like how this many grants within a time period. Correct. Yeah. So make sure when you're applying for your grant that you look into what the funding, the maximum funding is, and that you're eligible to apply again. They uh, used to do like uh, you can't have like so many in a sequence too like i think they got think rid they've of that gotten rid of that but some grant some like winnipeg arts council does a version of that still it's a little different but like but yeah you have to just always be double checking that this stuff is still true because they'll change it sometimes and not necessarily broadcast and changes but for the most part it's like you're saying okay and then the the last question that we have is what are some common budgeting mistakes that we see and I'll tack on the two minutes we have left on this question under the next one so that we have six minutes the biggest mistake I mean I've already covered a lot of mistakes but the biggest mistake I think is people they break it down in too complex a manner so they like they're like oh I want $50 a month for ink you know and like $20 a month for paper and it's like $30 a month is going to be because I got to take the bus it's like no you know <laughs> no one wants no one cares about that stuff. They just want you to put living expenses. Here you are. Now you're alive. You know, all, all, all that other stuff is not uh, relevant or necessary. It just makes it seem like you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and you don't. <laughs> right? So that's one thing. The other thing that people don't really understand is um, that you can contribute to the project yourself. And it it's not necessary, but it's if you're having a hard time, like, figuring out, like, you know, like 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 I've done this with the, the figuring out like the maximum. It's like oh I need twenty thousand dollars for this project, but I've only got a maximum of fifteen thousand I can ask for. It's like well you got different scenarios there. So one is um, you know you can ask for two grants to two different places. Another is like you, you're gonna throw some of your own money in there. Um, now if you can great. If you can't you can't. But it, it really is a it looks good and it's it's I think a good idea. Uh, to you know, invest in yourself a little bit in your own projects, and also show them that you're doing that. Now, again, it's not required, uh, but it's certainly a way you can you know, like, get around weird numbers. Like, if you need an extra grand that they don't have a place for you to ask for it, or if there's an expense that isn't eligible but you do need it, like, just you know, find some of your own money and say that you're doing that. Like what I'll do sometimes is I'll say like, look, you know, sometimes they'll be concerned about the feasibility because if you apply to two places, what if you don't get it from one? And I'll, I'll sometimes say like, hey, I know I've applied for like this and this. If I don't get this one grant, you know, if I don't get your grant, I can't do the project. But if I don't get the Winnipeg Arts Council grant, I'll sell my car <laughs> and do the project. Now, I haven't said that precisely, but, you know, 
there, there's a there's a way to kind of put your own contribution into it on the budget. So you may or may not want to do that, but it certainly is um, it's a good idea if it is feasible. One of the things that I like to list in my grant application when I'm doing the project description or the background is that um, I'll say something along the lines of I and the artist have self-funded ourselves for the first part of this and that's how we've come up with the support material yeah now we're looking for additional money yeah, yeah now we're looking for additional money to further produce the project or if I've given money to an artist before I will say I have given I have paid an artist this rate to this point I'm now looking for this amount of money to continue developing the project and often I'll even include uh, a line that simply says you know we've avoided taking money from publishers or other professionals prior to this mm -hmm. because we wanted to retain the creative control of this project and yeah. now we're looking for money from you to continue to do that because the Arts Council isn't looking to buy a stake into the project they're just looking to support you artistically yeah, so it, it sure. helps for uh, structuring your your project to frame it in that way when you're when you're pitching it especially for comics projects or something where you've um, you've done an amount of the project already mm -hmm. to, in order to like even make it seem feasible for the grants and like have samples like you say because again they don't want you um, taking advantage of artists they don't want you having getting free work out of people they want you to pay for work you're getting out of people so in in summation then as we wrap this up uh it sounds as though the the best thing that you can keep in mind when you're looking at the budgeting is to keep it as simple and transparent as you can to the granting body and make sure that people are being paid fairly which is what the grant body wants to do yeah it, it just make it simple and clear and transparent like you said that's exactly right if uh and if you're having a hard time figuring out how to do that just call the granting agency and ask them you know how do i you know here's what i want to do how do i reflect that in your budget in a way that makes sense to people where do i put this line item is this an eligible expense you can ask them those questions uh so if you have gone and done the the budgeting or you will have a question about the previous grant episodes that we've done and you would like us to address some of these questions on one of our future conversations, you can go to the Writing the Wrong Way anchor page, which is anchor.fm slash strangerfiction, and you can send us a message about what your granting question is, and we will respond to it and clarify it so that grant writing grants is easier for everyone going forward. Do that and keep writing the wrong way. Yeah.